0: He expelled fear for African-Americans. He says, I will speak out loud what we've been thinking. And he said, you'll see, people will hear it, and they will not do anything to us necessarily, okay? But I will now speak it for the masses of people. When he said it in a very strong fashion, in this very manly fashion, in this fashion that says, I am not afraid to say what you've been thinking all these years, that's why we loved him. He said it out loud, not behind closed doors. He took on America for us.
1: And I, for one, as a Muslim, believe that the white man is intelligent enough. If he were made to realize how black people really feel and how fed up we are without that old compromising sweet talk, why, you're the one that make it hard for yourself. The white man believes you when you go to him with that old sweet talk because you've been sweet talking him ever since he brought you here. Stop sweet talking him. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how what kind of hell you've been catching and let him know that if he's not ready to clean his house up, if he's not ready to clean his house up, he shouldn't have a house. It should catch on fire and burn down.
0: When I first saw Malcolm on the television, he scared me also. Immediately the family said, Turn off that television. That man is saying stuff you ain't supposed to hear. (laughs) So of course we did. But always, you know when the sun comes in the window and you kind of jump up to get it, to close the blinds or pull down the shade, but before you do that, The sun comes in. Well, before each time we turn the television off, a little sun came in.
1: The cows gusty renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. The audio segment that we heard at the beginning uh, from the documentary film Make It Cling uh, on the great minister Malcolm X. That was uh, the great Sonia Sanchez uh, talking uh, a few times uh, in there uh, around Minister Malcolm uh, talking, uh, giving his views on sweet talk and individuals classified as white. Remember that segment? Not that Gus T would ever, ever compare himself to individuals classified or excuse me, to Minister Malcolm X even though we are both just victims of white supremacy. But I have heard that before. Individuals classified as black and talking about racism, white supremacy in such a manner that makes us black people uncomfortable, makes us non-white people, victims of racism, uncomfortable. Hmm. Anyway, uh, we will be here for the book club tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Dial in to chat if you're going to actually listen to the book and comment on the text that we are reading, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Mandatory, though. Not mandatory to comment, but mandatory to be reading and or listening as we make it through, progress through absolute madness on the killings in Buffalo, killings of black males in Buffalo and beyond New York State area uh, in the late 1980s. Uh, We're picking up, it should be in Chapter 7 starting tomorrow. Fascinating read so many levels. Students of Dr. Welsing's work uh, really attempted counter-racists should find a plethora of interesting material. More on the book club to come. Anywho, uh, the reason that we had this program this evening, make sure I give out today Wednesday, June 15, 2022 so I have been told, just making sure the reason that we're having the program this evening clarifies some of the main principles Uh, some of these are just conclusions that Gusty has come to uh, in 13 years of broadcasting and studying white supremacy racism and trying to figure out strategies to solve this problem and how to operate the program is best to reveal truth about that system and get us a little bit less confused, us being non-white people victims of racism. Now my code, to I mean wow exponentially always the default with individuals who are not white, the default is minimize conflict like do everything possible to minimize conflict uh, especially if it's like some sort of unplanned where I did not you know have in mind that I'm going to talk to this non-white person or this non-white person you know just let me know that they have some questions or that sort of thing anytime it's minimize conflict with non-white people and really lots of minimizing contact that's why we have a white guests only policy on the context of white supremacy it's been that way for explicitly stated even though we I I said initially I think I said about two years ago white guests only I said we'll have exceptions, you know, certainly we've had Mr. Fuller on the program, Dr. Curry, and Dr. Welsing, and we've had other non-white guests who've had constructive information. So, you know, we'll have an exception from now and then, but I mean, hey, we are here to talk to, study, learn what it means to be classified as white. That's who we are here to speak with and learn from, learn about as well. Now, there are many, many reasons that underlie that. Many, many. I'll share some of them uh, as we kind of move through the program. But I really am not interested in talking to non-white people. In fact, the title for this program is Why Gus T. Hates Talking to Non-White People. I could do a whole... pro. In fact, I had, I had already started gathering the notes and sound clips to do a whole program to explain because I know we have people who just started listening you know the past month this past year past two years or what have you 13 years of history behind why I despise talking to non-white people victims of white supremacy all of them all of you really classified as black non-white non-black does not matter anywhere in the known universe I hate it people say why would you say that Gus T (sighs) lengthy list some of this will come up again when I deal with why we did this program but it is lengthy number one Mr. Fuller first sentence in all of his books if you don't understand racism white supremacy everything else will confuse you not contrary to what everybody says when we ask them on this program and it seems what most people in the universe think I do not think non-white people are the most informed about racism not even Gus T we are not the experts we are super confused about racism white supremacy and following Mr. Fuller's logic super confused about everything else since Gus T is confused himself hey I don't think it's a good idea to have two confused people doing a whole lot of chit chatting back and forth especially if we've all been conditioned to be anti black again some of these will come up in more detail but I mean whew there are so many I could give you a lengthy list even non-white people we because white people have conditioned trained pretty much uh, insisted non-white people you all are the extra super PhD experts on white supremacy racism no doubt about it we just heard that from Dr. Sean Lay this past Sunday into the program that's what he because you all have experienced it and it seems nearly everyone white and non-white thinks that is the case we have lots and lots and lots of non-white people who are certain they are experts they I know what racism white supremacy is and how it works and are extraordinarily arrogant when they talk to other non-white people really we're not trying to listen to other non-white people we're not trying to learn from them most of the time Mr. Fuller's talked about this I've talked about this he has it in the show offs we're trying to show off what I know and or what you do not know you're just some old dumb nigger. you don't know what you're talking about get on out of here I am not interested in dealing with any of that from any non-white people I've said for years if it's going to be conflict let's have it be between victims of racism and white people that's where the conflict should be the problem is white people not non-white people arguing with each other who's right and it's most of the time like I said where I'll say frequently it's not even about you know who's correct or anything like that frequently it's just you don't know what you're talking about that's that's Sanford and Son culture that's how we've been conditioned you big dummy heathen you don't know what you're talking lots of that I am not interested in any of that the way that you minimize that you minimize contact with victims of racism non-white people until they want to talk and hey I want to talk about this from the perspective of learning meaning I'm not an expert I could be wrong Let me hear what you have to say about this. Perhaps I should reconsider my position. That doesn't happen. It's, you don't know what you're talking about, Nigra. Seeing that 13 years of it, I am good. And even that, at this point, at 13 years now, I mean really. I'm really not interested. At 13 years, having someone who just discovered Mr. Fuller's work yesterday, now they're an expert and they want to talk down to me, which happens all the time. I concede. I'm still learning. I'm not an expert, but I mean the numbers of non-white people. (laughs) If I were white and had hosted a program for 13 years and talked to white people, non-white people, all over the world... It would not just be the starting point. You don't know what the hell you're talking about, which it is consistently. Again, I understand that. I don't come out here and brag and tell you all, wow, we that Gusty is the most impressive dude ever. What do I say? In fact, what's on the image for the broadcast today? Worthless Negro from Virginia. That's what I've been saying. And for 13 years, I've been saying consistently if you are not getting constructive information from the context of white supremacy you should not be listening I've said that with added emphasis since COVID-19 we don't have time to waste I've said that over a 100 times on this program this should never be an excuse for anyone classified as not white listening to this broadcast for five seconds if you are not getting constructive information I don't send the cows broadcast to anyone there's not one of you listening live phone archive who can say gusty sent me notification about this program he called me he emailed me he talked to me not a one of you you're listening voluntarily and if it's not constructive leave now and don't ever come back assume Gus is going to be talking foolishness for the rest of his life do something find something constructive that's what I've said for 13 years that's what it's going to be until this problem has solved or we're off the air make things plain I'm not interested in talking wasting time and really I don't like talking one of the greatest ironies to host a talk radio program for 13 years I don't like talking to anybody I have two cell phones now and don't talk to anyone I just want to get this problem solved period not interested in wasting time talking to victims unless they want to have constructive dialogue which most of the time is not the case that's how we've been trained unfortunately anywho like I said that's a whole nother broadcast non-white people probably to come with lots of sound clips because we have had a lot of victims of racism on this broadcast over the years remember when Dr. Eddie Moore was here and talked about punching Gus T in the nose that one's on YouTube we've had lots of them the sound clips to come moving forward uh, the reason we're doing this broadcast this past Sunday, we had a white person on the program, which is what I've said, but man, that broadcast with a white guest can't even say suspected because he is sexually sewering a non-white person, meaning he is in some sort of sexual arrangement with a non-white female, so-called marriage. This white man, Dr. Sean, lay on the program and wow. What an illustration of why I despise talking to non-white people. We, I can't even capture everything. I was excited to get the end of the program. Just the replay of how many times do we have to ask Sean Lay, you haven't experienced racism since you said that was a qualifier. Black people are so expert on racism because we've experienced it, been lashed and raped and all of that well, you are a self-described expert but you haven't experienced racism, how many times I had to ask him that question over and over and what he when he ventured off and started talking as if he had experienced racism as a white man in a system of white sub- that's what i wanted to replay but after the conclusion here we are talking about why every day all day white guests only no exceptions i despise talking to non-white people victims of racism now let's get into some of the details oh my goodness uh I can start with some of the folks who dialed in and then branch off into some of the things that happened after the guest left have sound clips uh, on both accounts. Just this past weekend, although this all of this would apply to title of the broadcast, why does Gus despise talking to non-white people even though he's got to understand there's got to be some conversation amongst the victims of racism, right? To solve this problem. Yeah, but we don't do this very well. Hopefully we can make some extraordinary improvements because we are horrible. And I mean us, Gusty, all of us, Cows listeners, we are atrocious at just being able to converse with other non-white people let's pick out some of the reasons or some of the major problems that I would point out things that hopefully we can all work on. Although some of these things I've been talking about for years and people who listen to the cows for years have made no improvement. Some of the things metaphors. Oh my God, man. When the sound clip rolls, just count the metaphors. Uh, this is a pretty substantial one because Gus T at 13 years, I'm saying this is an extraordinary problem. In fact, you will have to forgive me. I normally am very proud of being G-rated. This is not going to be G-rated. I'm going to say a few things very explicitly so there's no confusion. We have cows, listeners. Cows investors who seem not to understand these metaphors are a major problem with non-white people when we attempt in a very pitiful manner i mean woof, mr fuller when he says pitiful worthy of great pity primitive The way we cows, listeners, cows, investors, Gus, non-white people all throughout the known universe, almost without exception. It is disgraceful. The way we talk about racism, white supremacy, metaphors. We have cows. And I mean, people who've been listening to the cows for years. Plural listeners. I didn't say one. This is widespread who will say now Gus I know you don't like metaphors pause right there I have never said on the compensatory call in what I say generally in a lot of detail is racists white supremacists like Dr. Sean Lay they deliberately use metaphors to be deceptive you got master deceivers one of the great weapons that they will utilize that they utilize all the time metaphors So I've been saying sundown town we should come up with something better than that Jim Crow what what let's come up with more accurate terms to describe and the metaphors are saturated with white supremacy concepts white supremacy values all the dark day black t- all of that that's one component and then I say the other component I don't say I don't like it when non-white people use metaphors I say non-white people we are still learning sometimes Gus included it's not like I'm talking down I'm including myself in this hey we are still learning we are confused about racism so sometimes we don't have logic to articulate our views we will stumble and fumble and grope for tacky metaphors and cliches and all the rest of it. That's what I say. That is very detailed, very explicit. In fact, I even go further and say, hey, man, this is about counter-racism science. Let's be precise. Let's be accurate. Let's be exact with what we're saying. That's what I've been saying. All these metaphors they are not precise, they are not specific to what you're talking about at all. That's what I said. Somehow that gets changed to, I know you don't like metaphors. No. Okay, so I already said this is not G-rated. If you have little ones or what have you, I don't intend to be uh, expletive every word, but I mean make sure we're not understood. So, I don't understand what the fuck you're talking about when you're using all of these metaphors and you can take this either way 1a and 1b either way it's about the same and I strongly suspect you don't know what the fuck you're talking about when you're using all these metaphors that is a unequivocal conclusion I've heard this over and over and over and over Count the metaphors that get used when the sound clips begin to roll. As a result of what happened on Sunday, now it's not the compensatory call in. It's every time the cows is on the air. If we go to the phone lines, you should think before you get on the line. What am I trying to say? Am I going to be using a whole lot of tacky metaphors and rhetoric? Jargon? Am I going to be able to be specific with what I'm trying to say? I reserve the right to interrupt and or mute anybody. You're coming on with the metaphors because I mean, wow, we've had people. I've said all of that about the metaphors and they will come on every other sentence. Metaphor, metaphor, metaphor. I'm saying this is a major. You heard them even with Minister Malcolm. House going to burn down. Same thing I just said. Now I'm going to take the expertise out, but it'd be the exact same thing to Minister Malcolm. What are you talking about? House is going to burn down. What? Burn down how? Where? What are you talking about? Who's going to burn it down? Tell me when I have and the whole (laughs) as though everybody understands what he's talking about. I have no idea. Even Sonia Sanchez, now she is a writer, a lot of, you know, nonfiction. Anyway, VGQ, Victims Guaranteed Qualified. She is a writer, a lot of nonfiction and all that, which is rife with metaphors, uh, with the sun going up and all of that. Yeah. Specificity is what we need. If attempted counter racist science is the goal, let's get specific. Let's be exact all of the detail is lost with all these tacky metaphors that people just recycle and use over and over even though they're talking about wildly different subject matter words are important we don't recognize that and I mean we everybody cows listeners people calling up words are very important that's not evidenced in the way we talk about racism white supremacy at all no metaphors at all even that because I never said it. it was no metaphors I explicitly would say hey it's just the compensatory call in it's not every program people even would miss that frequently now everybody who thought it was every program you're already correct in your thinking it's every program now oh yeah I am reserving the right to interrupt and or mute if you can't be and devote time to thinking about what you want to say and maybe even having to write down a few talking points key words that you would like to address hey I am not gonna sit and listen to a whole lot of what I view as nonsense confusion is lethal number two because because we do not really invest. We do not demonstrate. Words are important. Frequently, there will be people who say, hey, I listen to the cows all the time. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Hey, listening and understanding many different things, even listening and paying attention are two different things. Many folks listen to the cows. We saw that this past week I Said, I've been listening to the cows for years. Let me tell you my views on privilege. Let me tell you about how fragile white people are. Tell you some of my thoughts on prejudice. Clearly you do not listen to Gus T. Renegade and the cows. This is not the context of white privilege. This is not the context of white prejudice. This is not the context of white fragility. (sighs) I'm still learning. I could be totally in error. Victims guaranteed qualified means, hey, if you are not white and you think white fragility, Robin D'Angelo's concept, wouldn't come on the cows. Not that I'm surprised if you think that concept and the way that she talks about white supremacy is accurate. Right on. If you think white privilege, good old Timothy, don't drink the Kool-Aid wise. You admitted racist. You think that's the best way to address this problem. You think privilege is what Peyton Gendron demonstrated in Buffalo, New York. Victims guaranteed qualified prejudice, all of that. But I mean, really, you listen to the cows and you want to talk about privilege. I hear this on a regular basis like I said if you think these terms are correct that's fine you are not demonstrating that oh wow I listened to and (laughs) think Gus T might be logical in flatly rejecting all of these terms you cannot be in a position for centuries to terrorize all of the billions of non white people in the known universe and then say you are fragile and claim all of this Peyton Gendron Dylan Roof all the rest of it is privilege and then sometimes the privilege isn't even white people it's privileged Negroes like Gus T black male privilege again if that's how you talk about racism white supremacy cool and the gang I would prefer don't even mention the cows tell them you listen to whatever else whoever else you read whatever else you don't even mess with the cows because you talk about racism you're not even talking about racism white supremacy you're talking about whatever you think you're talking about next and I got these numbered three non-white people and I mean cows listeners cows investors we and I'm actually this is one I'm not talking about us Gus T is a pretty motherfucking good listener. I don't care what you think on that one. That isn't even VGQ. I know me pretty well. I'm a pretty good motherfucking listener. We wouldn't have been on this program for 13 years if I was a terrible listener. Non-white people collectively, however, we are horrendous listeners. And that is a huge one. That's one of the key ones I pay attention to. Now, how much time am I going to invest talking to this non-white person? Do I even really want to talk to this non-white person? Are they listening? Because most non-white people, cows listeners, cows investors, do not want to listen to other non-white people. And especially if they are classified as black, I would even add on, it, especially if they are classified as a black male. We are not interested in hearing anything you Gus has to say it's assumed you don't know what the hell you're talking about you're just some dumb negro on the plantation that's assumed I hosted this program for 13 years shut up dumb negro I hosted a book club for 11 years shut up dumb negro you're illiterate that's what it is all the time matter of fact the book club like you want a flagrant demonstration of non-white people are horrible listeners and that is a huge part of the problem as to why we haven't made more progress. That word progress. But it is huge. Why is that the case? Well, if we're confused about racism, white supremacy at some point, you're going to have to be quiet. Either do some studying Reading and or listening to someone help you explain this problem and or even just being quiet and thinking yourself we don't apparently do that like I said the book club we consistently will have listeners plural dial in and the first thing they will say is I haven't listened to and or read the book at all. There should be nothing else to say that doesn't happen. They will acknowledge I haven't listened to read a sentence, but I want to talk for five minutes. What are you even going to talk about? People do that when we have guests on the program too. dial in. I haven't heard anything, but I want to talk and or ask questions, sometimes both and have no point of reference at all. All of that, ugh, I find disgusting, particularly the book club, like that I find so disgusting. From now on, I double dare you. Dial in and say, I haven't listened to the book at all, and see if you don't get muted. i said it over and, over, and I have to say this over and over. Hey, this is a book club. This is not just to dial in because I want to talk. This is a book club. We're not just saying Dr. Welsing just to repeat reading is more important than watching television. Like put that in action. Let's read. The reason we do the audio books. We tried. Let's read on our own. People did not keep up with the reading on a weekly basis. So let's just tune in and listen. People don't even listen, but they want to talk and talk for a long time and then be totally wrong. And to have this happen over and over. I've said it as many ways as I can. I'm not interested in hearing you just dial in and talk foolishness when you haven't been listening to reading the book. Just be quiet. Spectate. That's in the book. Greatest that's a time I haven't been listening. I'm just going to spectate. Maybe I'll listen to the second part of the book or hear what they have to say about the book. And with guests doing the same thing calling we've had times people call in and ask questions that have already been asked we've had times where people have called in and asked questions that have been asked repeatedly and I don't just hear this on them this is widespread I hear this on other programs people call in with a guest I haven't been listening but I want to talk maybe y'all can catch me up on what you've been saying that is so childish that is the other side of the galaxies from universal man universal woman to enter a conversation in an intelligent manner whether it's book club guest anything you should know what are we talking about if you all have been talking for an hour reading a book for an hour and I just got here 30 seconds ago maybe I should just be quiet and listen nah I want to hop in and talk random be totally wrong don't know what I'm talking about I want to talk for five minutes and waste your time the interrupting talk about leap Jesus Lord I think a lot of this is rooted in anti-blackness which is a whole nother loop that I have here in terms of lack of codification you cannot have a constructive conversation if people are going to just interrupt and talk over This has happened for years. It's happened with guests. People call in to ask questions of white people or non-white people. Interrupt, talk all over them. Said this this past Sunday. Hey, when it's time for questions, that is for sure a time. Maybe you should write your question down. That's what I do. I write my questions down. I certainly might think of a question as we're going along in the discussion. Do that all the time. Even then, I try to write them down if it's a situation you're calling in you're at an audience or what have you you should write your question downs because one i have lots of reason for this but i mean to just give a few apparently many of you all forget your questions that becomes justification for interrupting five minutes later many folks because they don't write their questions down they can't sequence their questions and ask them in the most effective manner I generally have my question sequence. I'm not just asking things in random order. All of us could get better at refining our question. White people do a lot of practicing racism. That's hopefully should be very evident. We have lots of examples, right? So when white people have been guests on the program, we should already know like, ooh, sometimes it seems they're not trying to answer our question. They're not going to be honest. They're going to pretend that they're confused lots of that so it's best let's try to refine our question our wording so that it minimizes their ability to be deceptive to not answer our question that's something we certainly can all work at and it would help us from doing all that interrupting and interrupting of the host which I've said consistently have to Sometimes it's the same people. Have to ask. Can you please not interrupt again? <sighs> we don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm using my mute button. Ask your question. Boop. Make sure I'm never interrupted by you all again. I chalk some of that up to anti blackness. Like I said, we don't really want to listen. Like, whatever, you got to say, ah, talk all. I got it. I got it. In my view, that is not counter racist codification talk about compensatory conversation control hey non-white people are disregarded all the time i'm not gonna talk and interrupt another non-white person i'm gonna listen to what they have to say even if i don't agree i'm not just here excited and can't wait to talk i don't care what you got to say it's just shut up so i can talk that's a lot of what it is just herb shut up so i can talk you don't know what you're talking about herb shut up so i can talk After the interrupting. All of this is under not being codified again. Now, why is it that Gus T. Despises, hates talking to non-white people. We are confused about white supremacy racism. What it means to be white. Everything else. Dr. Francis Cress Welsing said like 90%. I think she even said 99% of non-white people in the known universe confused we do not understand we are not well informed white people are to blame for that that doesn't make it any better like I said before just having people that are confused get together and chat about things Having a lot of non-white people who are very confused about subject matter. Now, what do I mean? Non-white people were not very well informed, confused, but not well informed. I mentioned the caller a couple of weeks ago and hey, Gusty is not well informed either. Still learning. All of the experts are classified as white. I can sit by myself with my own ignorance and try to read, study and improve my own ignorance. The system of white supremacy we've talked about diseducation, Dr. Baruti's term, miseducation, school to prison pipeline, all of that, the end result is you have lots of non-white people who are very poorly informed. We don't read, we don't study, even those of us who talk about counter-racism or at least use the word counter-racism hyphenated, right? Talk about, I said that this past weekend, we'll talk brother fuller and i love brother fuller and i love brother fuller i love brother fuller i love me some brother fuller Mm. incidentally even that had a cows lister some years ago said man i even pay attention to that because that seems so small but i mean mr fuller has like said that explicitly not to be called brother and doctor that's another one both of those like he said explicitly don't call me doctor don't call me brother people do it anyway habit that's I said. habit not even processing thinking about what we're saying but with the not being well informed and reading lots and lots and lots of non-white people who will do all that brother Fuller and Dr. Fuller and blum 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 and then they haven't read Mr. Fuller's work we'll do all that Dr. Wellsing and I love me some Dr. Wellsing and show enough Dr. Wellsing and yum 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 haven't read the ISIS papers these books are old and easily available and you can just pfft, I'm saying someone said, Gus T, why don't you write a book? Man, we do not do enough reading, studying, not even close. Like I said, I shared had someone uh, and I'm not putting names on it. That's not trying to, you know, uh, embarrass anyone, as they say. Uh, But someone who wrote me and said that they were interested in Maroons in Jamaica. They said, hey, white people don't study this. They don't write about this. I took. 60 seconds probably was less than that because all I did was take the exact terms they used Maroons Jamaica went to the library catalog I got 10,000 hits I talked about this on air two weeks ago I did it live on air and went to a library catalog I'd never used before and got nearly 6,000 hits I just within the past couple of days we had the compensatory call in on Saturday victim of racism wrote in we had the report on the oximeters not working correctly with individuals who have a lot of melanin and they said that that may be contributed to black people specifically non-white people having all those high rates of COVID-19 that they told us about or they have told us about for the last two and a half years victim of racism wrote and said dang I'm in the medical field and I hadn't heard about that I'm gonna have to research because you know I just I didn't know about that still learning that's all of us same thing now I just went catalog do a quick search nothing exhaustive I found dozens of reports just from the last two years not just for the states but all over the world like I said dating back to 2020 talking about oximeters racism they had a major study University of Michigan both times by the way I sent the victims the results that I found so I mean at minimum hey if I didn't think there was any information on this and now you are sharing hey hey how disgruntled can I be not saying they were but just that's what I mean like and I mean really with the latter like I am poorly informed about everything but dang like that's I'm in the medical field. We've been going through this for two years. And on the compensatory call in, this is the first time you're hearing about this. And when I say they had dozens of reports, I mean, like the New York Times. CNN. The Guardian. BBC, what they call mainstream outlets. racists are most to blame we are not well informed that doesn't make it any better number six the name calling now we didn't have that on dim- uh, display this past weekend but wow the numbers of non-white people who listen to the cows and then sit around and name call that maybe they can you know behave for a period of time when they dial in but as soon as it's done it's right back to coon this and no count that and all the rest of it and he's no count Sambo shines and blah 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 and all the rest of it. We're making up new names to call other non-white people and again that anti-blackness global Sunday talk on racism I remember inviting non-white people from around the world to come and name call black people in fact moving on to my next one I'm glad I had my notes so I could write things down in fact I almost had the clip I told you this easily it could be a whole program it will be will probably have to be a part two to this where we can get all of the audio. well not all but we can get a nice collection of the audio clips We've got the Boston Celtics in the finals poor things they might end up losing and all that poor Boston Bell Biv DeVoe They were talking about Nia Long because I think she's uh, so-called married to the Boston Celtics head coach, black male. She's married to him. They were talking about her you know, rooting for her uh, team, I guess, and the Celtics and hope she wins. Every time I was hearing, seeing her name over the past however long the finals has been, two weeks or whatever, I was thinking back, we had a non-white victim, victim of racism, guest on the program not that long back, and we had to spend all this time on why it is necessary, the term coon. That we got these no count coons like Nia Long. That's what he said, in the archives. In the archives. In the I'd already pulled this out like a year ago when I had thought about yeah we do need to do a whole program on we've had a lot of non-white people on the program over the years. This is why it is a white guest only policy. I gotta sit around Nia Long and hear why she's a coon. That's the problem. 2022 or any other time. 2021, 2001, 1995. Go back, boys in the hood, fame. That's the problem on the plantation. Knee (sighs) along. Number seven. Uh, Just the anti blackness in general. I mean, that's a whole lot of what I've said can be chalked up to or is influenced greatly by anti-blackness we do interrupt white people on the program sometimes but I've seen lots more interrupting of black people individuals classified as black non-white the anti-blackness in so many forms as I said I am for sure if I was classified as white I would be an expert on racism white supremacy wouldn't matter degree I could be Mark Furman GED community college dropout and with 13 years experience I would be an expert at minimum I would have substantially more regard than what I have now that's all the system of white supremacy racism but the anti-blackness is it's just assuming it doesn't matter you don't know what you're talking about Dumb old nigga. I said, I've heard this with Dr. Welsing. I just talked about this the number of times I heard and Dr. Welsing said she had victims of racism. Man, I just knew you were crazy. I am a third generation physician. Medical doctor. Are you a medical doctor? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I'll get out of here with all that pseudoscientific BS. I've heard this over and over and over again, but I mean it is a lengthy, as I said, Dr. Eddie Moore Jr., he told us, Cowbell there too, he told us in the archives, he had white people come to his conference, practice racism, white supremacy at his conference. Tell him how it's going to be. He's the founder, so-called. He didn't say, I'm ready to punch them in the nose. I feel like busting them upside down. He didn't say that. Oh, no, Count Gus, I'm ready to bust you in your nose. Then maybe I'll give you a hug afterwards. It's a myriad of reasons. These behaviors I see callers, listeners, investors, non-white people in general. Racists are most to blame. That doesn't make it any better, nor does it make my experience conversing with non-white people any more enjoyable. White guests only. Anywho, uh, a listener wrote in and they even they were talking about the Sunday program Dr. Sean Lee and I edited out some of the you know whatever they had to say about the cows or what have you I said consistently hey man if you think the cows is constructive so what if you don't think the cows is constructive so what replace white supremacy with justice now listener wrote in I am a male victim of racism black or so I have been told living in Washington state the great Pacific Northwest as well Olympia to be precise and not exactly where I am I'm 30 in 2016 for the first time I read and did not understand Mr. Fuller's scientific document the United Independent Compensatory Code System concept over the years I have read it cover to cover three times because the first two just weren't enough sometimes we do need to read books more than once important study not enough of that in my opinion at this point I feel confident in my understanding of how words which lead to thought and action are the very core of what prevents the system of justice from being established they are important words blah 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 and that's what he wrote i've only said this to display when it comes to counter racist thought i'm not exactly new but i am still learning i've been listening to the cows just some weeks now and at first i was skeptical that the program was going to be a non-constructive use of time and energy very good luckily that has not been the case and part of the reason for that is because of the absolute logic in which you conduct the program. I was very pleased when you announced you would be muting callers after they had asked their question. During the time that Dr. Lay was speaking and he was being interrupted, it perturbed me. Gus as well. Counter-racist logic dictates that after asking a question, one must wait for an answer. As well, when you were speaking, even you were interrupted. Yes, I was. That right there is why I had to make this email account. All I'm here to say to this is VGQ and that it is painfully obvious that the level of attention that is being paid to the specifics of the counter-racist code are still mostly an afterthought to most victims of racism, a tragic side effect of this system of injustice we are living in Uh, I am hearing just on the cows the ways in which some victims of racism are using counter racism as some sort of cover in quotes for other motivating factors this isn't news to you I'm saying this for my own sake I certainly don't know what other people's motivating factors are but in terms of specifics and details our counter racist codification is pitiful. Lots and I mean exponential room for improvement. Gus T. Renegade included for sure. Anywho now specifically some of exactly what I just mentioned it will be coming in the audio clips that we have to enjoy. Now Dr. Sean Lay, that is the program specifically that our victim who wrote in just referenced, as did I. That was this past Sunday, Dr. Lay, white man, cow bell. We talked about his book about the Ku Klux Klan in Buffalo. Now, I'm playing this segment first because this becomes important uh, for folks to kind of remember Uh, As we move forward with other clips, other parts of the discussion. So I had told listeners uh, a day in advance and then I had posted the section from his book where page eight, Dr. Lay says, hey, I'm married to a non-white woman. Yeah. And 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 am engaged in progressive activities. Now I asked him about all that, you know, on the program and everything. Uh, This is the part where that comes up. And I did not reference or ask him about this this came up with the listeners in fact several listeners I couldn't even play them all because so many listeners asked him about this and in fact (laughs) he volunteered they only began questioning him about this because he volunteered on the program Uh, specifically it was Irie in Louisiana who asked him what was he willing to uh, give up to replace white supremacy with justice and in his response he said hey 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 my wife is a non-white female you know i don't i don't know how she would like me uh, giving up this or having to do that or pay this or you know whatever it is we have to move to a smaller house i don't know how she would feel about that i don't think she would think that's correct so all that happened before and in fact other callers dialed in and had asked him questions about this whole tragic arrangements so all that happened before uh, we get to this portion. We're kind of picking up a little bit later in the exchange. This is Rob in San Diego questioning him about this arrangement. Then it pivots to me. Now, I did extract a portion where I was interrupted here just for uh, flow of the conversation, but I mean, hey, if I really wanted to, that would have been one right here. You would have see right here being interrupted. And again, if it's, I just forgot to ask this or whatever it is, write your questions down we should do more reading and writing anyway shouldn't be asking a whole lot jotting down a few quick notes to keep in line oh yes I had three questions or five questions to ask so this is Dr. Lay tragic arrangements context of white supremacy and specifically I guess we have total context eventually not at this point but eventually Gus T asserts hey all this is is a white man I'm saying suspect just not to name call. Uh, a white man bragging about I am sexually sewering a non-white person. Could be some old Woody Allen because we don't even know how old his non-white female is. Dr. Lay this past weekend. Context of white supremacy.
2: How did you end up with a non-white female as your mate?
3: <laughs> well uh that's kind of a personal
2: question, isn't it but uh, now excuse me I, uh, uh, let me cannot excuse me uh I ask uh one more question surrounding this question um may I ask that you not laugh um I think that the subject that we are talking about is very serious, and if you choose to not answer a question, just state that. And that's my question for you.
3: I, I think I'll just uh, keep my answer to myself.
2: Okay. Second, uh, third question. Um, when you engage in uh, sexual activity with this non-white female, uh, do you ever feel self-conscious about the color of your body compared to the non-white female? that you're engaged in sexual activity with?
3: Uh, I think I'll throw that back to the moderator. What What's going on here?
2: Gus, I'll mute my line. Thank you for taking my call.
1: Oh, can, did you not want to answer that question? Well, that's ridiculous. Okay. Much obliged. Uh, all questions are valid. That's generally the way that I proceed uh the caller uh
3: no that's
1: that's not valid what's not valid what's not valid about the question he asked (laughs) when you're talking
3: about relations like that and what do you think at the time you know
1: what's invalid about that yeah it's nobody's business that's what it's nobody's Uh, just so i can understand what's nobody what's no one's business
3: well, the person that asked the question, among other things.
1: No, I mean, what's what's not his business or our business or, you know, whoever is proposing? What specifically is not our business or his business?
3: My private rea- reactions to, you know, physical contact with somebody. My God.
1: Hmm. Okay. Man, what I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, we've heard that response from white guests before when someone asks them about being in a so-called interracial relationship in some sort of sexual arrangement with a non-white person you volunteered that you are in a sexual arrangement married to a non-white person you volunteered that information earlier today with us verbally is that correct Dr. Lay? Yes. Okay. You also put that in your book very early. It's on page 8. You wrote, Frankly, this has proven very difficult for this author, a devout Roman Catholic who is married to a woman of color and committed to a variety of progressive causes. I'll stop there. You wrote this. In my view, you already said, there's a long history of white people practicing racism. It's a form of violence and power. These sexual arrangements So South Carolina in the name of J. Strom Thurmond, in my view, it is very valid to ask any sort of question about this, especially if it's two different ways you volunteer this information publicly are we being or am i being logical dr lay you
3: can ask questions but if i feel that it's something that's a private matter which that question was you know something that was intruding on my private intimate sentiments i don't feel obligated to answer that I mean, I'm just trying to help out your show here, but it doesn't mean that I have to uh, answer a question like that.
1: That's my choice. Oh, for sure. For sure. You don't have to answer a question, but I'm I'm stating since the fact that it is in the book and it's in the introduction for listeners, this is on page eight. I have concluded like, hey, if this is going to be brought up, it is always valid and logical all the way back to what we said at the very beginning about being suspicious of anyone classified as white area eight. What happens with regards to sexual activity? That is super important. And just saying that this is private, that doesn't cut it in a system of white supremacy. Whereas Dr. Lay said, there is a long history of white men women Jay Strom Thurmond, South Carolina using sex with non-white people to practice racism the cows Gusty Renegade so that is where or that is an important exchange to remember think about as we uh, move forward and incidentally I can't emphasize this enough. The non-white person who just dialed in, uh, he may have used a different uh, number, but at least the number that uh, was recorded when he dialed into the switchboard this past Sunday, uh, that number has not been registered before. So he could have blocked it. Some people do. Right. Some people have uh, uh, blocked numbers and or people certainly switch phones or call in lots of different ways. But at least with that number, this person has not called in. Uh, before I thought it was so significant important this person dialed in from a number with a New York area code we were talking about Joseph G. Christopher killed untold number killed and attacked an untold number of black males in Buffalo and New York State at large talking about the history of the Klan in Buffalo, New York. And we talked about Peyton Gendron, charged white domestic terrorist, first time ever in the history of the state of New York. This non-white person did not call in to address any of that New York state history. Not one question about the current Buffalo massacre didn't dial in and say wow I have a connection to New York State if the person does at all maybe they don't but if they do have any sort of connection to New York State or and even if they don't really wow I didn't know about Joseph G. Christopher wow that's something that we should know about and particularly in the context of current events Nope. none of that not one question for the white man not one question for the white man in a tragic arrangement with a non-white female, so-called Asian, and that's what this non-white person that we're about to hear, that's what they called in to address. Question number one, that I think is extremely important as well, particularly as you continue to listen to this audio segment. I also have to say, this audio segment is a little bit longer. I knew that there was going to be a broadcast uh, where we go back to revisit all of this. When I looked at the clock, I generally tried to open the lines. Uh, And allow non-white people, the people who called in live to share their thoughts on, you know, what they heard, if they got constructive information or if they thought it was a white person, if they thought they were practicing racism, you know, let's detail in and share, you know, what we heard or what we learned, whatever the case may be. Uh, And I did not know someone was going to call in basically at the three hour mark where we're about to close and end up having this long discussion where they have all these questions, again, not for a white man. That's the whole premise of the cows. We non-white people, including Gus T. Renegade, are horrible. At questioning white people. That's one of the main reasons for the existence of the cows. Let's get better. Gus T. first and foremost, myself, and then other non-white people. Let's get better at questioning white White people getting better with our questions and even the courage. That's one I even forgot, and I wrote it down had the definition and everything. One of the other reasons. I do not enjoy. I despise talking to non-white people, worldwide, because of white supremacy racism. The result when you have all these Peyton Gendrins, Joseph G. Christophers, Dylan Storm Roos all the other forms, lead poisoning, Flint, Michigan, Newark, all the other places where black people reside. When you have all of that for generations, you end up with people who've been terrorized. What's the result of all these generations of terrorism? Victims of racism are mostly cowardly. What does cowardly mean? Lacking courage. Absolutely. I've concluded it's unequivocal. The problem is white people. What do we do being cowardly? We will sit around and that no count Al Sharpton. That no count Gus T. Sit around and focus on other non-white people and say they are the problem because we do not want to deal with white people at all. In fact, the cowardliness that we have, and I mean, hey, I'm just going by counter-racist logic. If you are subject to racist man, racist woman, racist child, counter-racist logic would dictate you're a coward. Gus, first and foremost, and I've said that on the air, that's not even news. Anyway, uh, that cowardliness, not only will go to work on some other non-white people and how they are responding to white supremacy racism it's not just that we do not want to question white people we don't even want to identify the problem as white people all of that where I have been with individuals who are classified as non-white they won't even say white they will point to the inside of their hand whisper W's W's around I'm a victim of white supremacy too we had someone who wrote me today and said I listen I listen to the global Sunday talks and what have you but I have intelligent fear that genius I don't go around here and say white people don't scare me wrong white people are terrifying white people scare me i was on the train uh last night in capitol hill excuse you well i was there capitol hill but i was trying to get to the university of washington i was trying to get off of the train platform at the university of washington white man scared me on the elevator no in fact it happened twice i had to get off twice two different terrifying white men white people are terrifying so terrifying in fact many of us we don't even want to call their name. And that's how we've been trained. That is a part of black culture. Ophez meaning faux spelled backwards is pig Latin actually. But that's a part of Negro culture. Can't say white people, so we call them Ofez. Cowardly. Nothing very attractive about being cowardly. Attractive in the way that Mr. Fuller uses it in the word "god." Without further ado, now you heard Dr. Lay give the explanation his whole tacky arrangement with a non-white female. Again, like we there had been more questions. Myself, anybody just, you know, had more details like how old? Is your wife? How old were was she when she when you all met? Because I think you said she was born outside the U.S. and all the rest of like war bride. What are we talking about? Does not get any better than tacky. So Dr. Lay stayed even over two hours. I think Dr. Lay was with us for almost two hours and a half this past Sunday. He left. Uh, I gave some of my thoughts uh, about his exchange. What I thought was important. The whole. <sighs> We are sidetracked. We should have been listening to have to make a YouTube video about it, but we should have been listening to the exchange at the end. I thought that was so incredibly important. Uh, The number of times he would not say, yes, I'm a white man. I haven't experienced racism, but I'm an expert. And the... (laughs) Have to make a YouTube video about that. We should have been we should have been doing a review of that. But again, at the end of the program to invest, you all don't know and mostly don't care, which is fine. uh, How much time it takes to do these programs to find the guests and prepare like I get the sense. My conclusion, many people, uh, regardless of how many viewers, listeners, whatever medium they have, many people who interview authors, they do not read these people's books they certainly do not read them in their entirety I'm not saying all but that's the sense that I get that the majority of folks who interview authors they have not read this person's book I work very hard not to be that host read these people's books all of that even that like to have people who come in and talk to me like I'm some kind of clown idiot when we're discussing a book that they haven't read It'll be a book that I didn't just read. I've read and now interview the author and they're talking to me as though they are more of an expert on this book than I. Despise talking to non-white people. Gus T does. At any rate, I would like if you could count the number of metaphors that are used in this segment. Just count. You're hearing basically one non-white person call in again with zero questions for a white man who is with us for nearly three hours a battery of questions and critiques for Gus T. Renegade Worthless Negro from Virginia. There is a I'll say wheel out because you're going to hear that literally wheel out so you'll know that okay that's what he was talking about where we stop with review from this past weekend. We will get to hear she has been on my mind the late Pamela Evans Harris she wrote about and we talked about white identification over and over and over I thought that uh, thought and think that is such an important concept every single victim of white supremacy non white person in the known universe cows investors cows listeners we are all Gus T you'll hear it in the clip we are all white identified you will hear what that means and explained in the clip but there will be a break from the review of this past weekend's audio content and we'll go way back to 2011 to hear from the late Pamela Evans Harris and then we'll back to the future television fans we'll come back and hear the remainder of the broadcast from this past weekend or at least the audio segment that we're listening to now but again I keep now white man we've here this is basically at the three hour mark where all of this happens count the number of metaphors what I said before people who say I've been listening to the cows for years and I want to give you my views on privilege black male privilege Gus's privilege all of that yes yes That's what you've learned from listening to the cows. We'll hear the segment and then I'll give a few thoughts afterwards. Context of white supremacy. This is after the departure of Dr. Sean lay this past Sunday.
4: What is the difference between disclosure and then bragging? Because I understood that he was disclosing his marital status. I didn't really think that he was bragging.
1: Are you classified as white or not white? Excuse me? Are you classified as white or not white, sir?
4: Non white.
1: Okay. You my definition he was bragging about being married to a non white person, this was something he was sharing not for suspicion or interrogation. He was sharing this as something that would impress bragging, would impress us showing off. This will wow them. That's I've seen this behavior consistently from individuals classified as white. I think we've interviewed a number of them where this is not presented as, oh, wait a minute, they'll think this could be Thomas Jefferson and ask me some questions that prove provide some evidence that it's not this will be something where they will think I am a good white person I am not racist there is no way I could possibly be married to a non-white person and still be racist ten times out of nine and that's the way I meant to say it non-white people we are impressed brag impressed by that sort of display tragic arrangement does that make sense sir
4: No, because he didn't say anything to say that he felt some kind of pride or he didn't add any more value from, I don't know what the exact quote was in the book, but from what he said was just that he was married to a non-white person or an Asian person. That's disclosure, and in most books, the preface or the introduction they do that kind of thing where they, you know, they talk a little bit about themselves so that you get an understanding of who they are and how they are as an author. Then they go into their book. So disclosures are very common and it's very brief.
1: Mac BGQ victims guaranteed qualified. He doesn't have to and for detail. And there we go again. You might be muted as well, sir, with the interrupting because I didn't interrupt you disclosures are common this is on page 8 and as I said this is not a disclosure for interrogation as all of the other information is this is if you have questions about it it's private this sort of disclosure if you want to call it that as long as it will be perceived in a constructive as I said this will disarm non-white people we will be impressed this is a good white person, meaning a white person who does not practice racism. And 10 times out of 9, as I said, because non-white people do not contrary to what he said, we are not informed experts on racism. We are greatly confused. Emphasis, bold letter print, greatly confused by a white person. In some sort of tragic arrangement, sexual activity with a non-white person. So, yes, in my view, particularly talking to non-white people, that is bragging when you're revealing that if you're not willing to just have it be disclosed up for interrogation, it's got to be accepted as something constructive and positive. But again, victims guaranteed qualified.
4: Can I ask another question?
1: Let's hear it. Yes, sir.
4: This question is to you. Is there a difference between, as an interviewer, between in nature and tone, a conversation and an interrogation? Is there a difference when you interview? How how would you characterize your interviews?
1: Either or. I'm talking to someone that I suspect is a racist white supremacist. So if you want to call that an interrogation, that's fine. If you want to call that an interview, that's fine. But I victim of white supremacy, I'm talking to someone I suspect is a racist white supremacist, especially given his conduct today. And in addition, he's in a tragic arrangement, sexual intercourse with a non white person. That's automatic. You're not even on the suspect list. So either or would be acceptable and logical. For me, as a victim of white supremacy, mm. did okay. you hear the very beginning and, of the you. interview when he said that it's logical for anyone classified as not white to be suspicious of anybody classified as white, including him? Did you hear his answer? Yes, that is logical based on evidence. He is an expert historian. Did you hear that exchange?
4: Yes, I did. Okay. So my next question is regarding that. Since you're in the privileged position, since you're in the privileged position, since you're in the privileged position, to, to, to your privilege. since you're in the privileged position of being the
1: interim, Whoa, 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 sir. Well, I reject it in every way possible. That I am in the so-called, maybe you haven't heard this program before, but that word alone, like that's one, yes, I'm going to interrupt immediately because I don't even use that word, privilege. I don't say white privilege or anything other. I am a victim of white supremacy. I am never in the so-called privilege position, never. Okay, I'll retract the word. Since you're the
4: interviewer, would it not be best for all of us, the listeners, if you if the tone was a little more conversational, so that we can extract as much information, and then after the interviewer after the interview, then editorialize on what the author or the person is is has said. It appears that you're, you're you're editorializing right when the person's in front of you, and it seems a little bit from my position, is a little bit rude. So. And I feel like you're taking away from any answers that we can extract from
1: him or her. That's my view, That may be the case, sir. Uh, I can say my goal is not per se to have a conversation. As I said, I'm talking to someone I suspect is a racist white supremacist. That's why I said if you want to call it an interrogation, you can call it that. I think it is important that individuals classified as white be questioned with suspicion because this doesn't happen I see non-white people talk to white people as you said in a conversational tone nobody edit I don't really know what you mean when you say that editorializes no one gives their view gives their interpretation of what the white person has said not said if they answer the question the type of words that they've used in their response that doesn't happen people just go along with the dialogue and boom 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 boom. now maybe you could do that after the person left i don't do that what's my reason for not doing that i want the non-white person to hear me use logic Live time. And even if that means saying, hey, I think you're practicing racism right now to hear that and hear what that white person says and response, like the last exchange when we have to ask a question over and over and over before he finally says, oh, yeah, I guess I am a expert historian and I am informed about racism, even though I didn't experience all of that tackiness. I'm of the opinion that non-white people, because we are so confused and because white people are not interrogated, white people are not interviewed with suspicion, white people are not questioned, and certainly it's not pointed out hey, you're lying, sir. Hey, ma'am, you're lying. That doesn't happen. We just troll off in all of our confusion. I'm of the opinion that all of that needs to happen live time. You can hear the white person's response. Am I being logical, even in the accusations and saying that you're practicing racism? Let's hear what their response is to that. All of that, I think, is very important, especially because it doesn't happen. Now, maybe it could be best to save all of the analysis until after it's done. My memory isn't as bad. Again, I think it's much better. Let's hear what the white person has to say right now. I don't want it to be said that I gotta wait and talk behind their back or what have you. I can make my charge right here and let the accused have their say if this is an interrogation.
4: That's valid, Dusty. I think I admire your admire your position. I think it's very valid and I think you're very brave in fact for doing it that way. Um just one qualifier though. So when you have a, a guest, have you told them what your position is and that they're going to be uh, questioned in that nature? Cause I'm, I'm always kind of at a loss because of that. Mm-hmm.
1: I, and this came up on thank the last you. program. My fault. Did I interrupt? Make sure I didn't jump in.
4: No, I'm just going to say thank you for letting me ask this question, and I'm done.
1: Okay. Uh, this came up on the program a week ago, basically in a Now she said live time on the air. She said, pfft, let me do same thing I did with her. She said, live time on the air, that you uh, basically invited me under false pretense. You said that you were going to discuss my her report on so-called segregation in Buffalo and how it relates to the shooting of Peyton Jenner. And I asked her, what's your recollection, all that she gave that. And I told her this was another moment where she had a different opinion, just like you. She said, well, I don't think you did that. with her I disagree we did do that and two we would have done a lot more of it but she practiced racism in really flagrant ways and I pointed that out live time as we were going along and the same thing that I just said I think that that is very affected because non-white people don't do that we sit there and just go along and let them say whatever they're going to say and practice racism and lie and say things that are total nonsense BS as retired firefighters said, and then wait until they're gone. No, 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 no. I want right now. And if I'm logical, hey, we have got a whole lot of these white people to affirm. Yep, it is logical. Now, I might not agree and all that, but you are being logical. I think that is way effective because, again, that doesn't happen. Now, I'll read you exactly what I said uh, to, oh, I can't do it. I can't. this is one of the few times I can't do it because I said I was going to read you the email, but there is no email because I called him. So I have to, I can read you what I what I said to Anna Blotto. I don't know if you heard that program or not, but this is what I said to her. I called Dr. Lay. So we have done literally thousands of programs. I think I have probably called. I didn't have a phone for the first two hundred seventeen programs. I think I've probably called less than 50 guests, probably less than 40. We've done well over 2000 programs. I have not called 40 guests on the phone. I don't think it's always email. Always, 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 always. Even after I have two phones now and it's still always email. Uh, I will read you what I wrote to Anna Blotto because this is kind of generally what and I think this is what I would have said about Buffalo because she also we were talking about the same subject matter so this is what I wrote to uh, Anna Blotto let me see Uh... okay I told her all right my name is Gus and I operate a talk radio program focused on Race. I do that deliberately, not white supremacy, racism, race. We make an effort to share constructive information on politics, current events, and literature. We, like much of the country, have been stunned by the terrorist attack in Buffalo. I've been studying, studying the history of race done deliberately in the area and found your 2018 report on the history of segregation in Buffalo painfully relevant. We'd love to have you as a guest on the. P- <laughs> Woo! Gus T. is a clown. I did use the word love also deliberately. We'd love to have you as a guest on our program. I've not seen enough quality reporting that discusses the history of black residents in Buffalo or why they only have the one tops on Jefferson Avenue to access groceries. Now, I did have that in my notes, but we didn't get to that because she started talking about affirmative action amongst other aspects where she practiced racism, but I did have that in my notes to talk about. I had a sound clip for it and everything, but she started doing other things to practice racism, which took precedent over getting to some of those other details. Continuing the challenger community news. uh, That's Linda Hamilton. I mentioned them already today has been superb in sharing details with us. And we'd love to hear uh, from more Buffalo residents with a lived knowledge of this space. We'd appreciate the chance to discuss your research and how it relates to this uh, tragedy. I'm sure your spring calendar remains congested and we'll do all that we can to conform to your schedule. Now, I mean, now this man, Dr. Lay got wait, because I think I just told him, like, we've been talking about the Buffalo terrorism. I found your book on the Klan. It'd be great to talk about this in context. And he said, sure. That's what we did. <laughs> like, what else, what, else, what else am I supposed to say? If I could flip it back, am I, what else am I supposed to say? Or what, what, which am I supposed to include? That we're going to interrogate you with suspicion and talk to you as though you are a suspected racist. Do I say that? No. Am I supposed to say that when I ask?
4: You're asking me? If, well, I would just remind them the nature at the beginning of the interview something to the sort of, thank you for coming on the show. We're going to ask um, a few hard questions, and and I may insist on a few answers. It's preferable preferable if you answer with a yes and then expand so that we get a clear answer from you, something like that, just very short. I think that's the majority of what maybe I might not agree with or maybe I find a little cringy, but um, I, I think you're valid. I think what, you, what you're saying, what you do, I mean, up to the nature of, the show I think it's valid it's just a, a little bit of the tone it just makes I don't know about others but for me for, for a while it's a little uncomfortable and I would think that you with a little bit of sweetness in quotations Stop, sweet we, could, we could get so much more but this is my opinion this is just my opinion and this is what I've seen for example in the Nova Scotia, Scotia Commission uh, to find out who's at fault or what happened in the system for that massacre there you should see the style. It's very, okay, I'm just going to ask you a question. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next question. Okay, and then it may, maybe they come back and they ask the question differently, and then they move on to the next question. It's a very different style, and I would just find that there are things there maybe that we can learn, especially when talking in the code to white people or to their code, right? They have this kind of kind of like a politeness, and they go back and forth until they, to, till they catch you and they don't even let you know that they catch you they just move on and then they just write it all up and next thing you know you're fired so i guess that's where i'm going to Gus. it's not really an insult i just I, I admire your style i think you you can pull it off very nicely it's just sometimes it's a little cringy on and difficult to hear but that's my opinion sir that's all
1: i'm not trying to give you critique or anything much obliged i think i said at the very beginning of the program worthless negro from virginia and i guess just so that we can be can i ask a question like how long have you listened to the cows like have you is this your first time or have you been listening for a day or a week or no for years
4: off and on
1: okay. for this very same reason but I,
4: I, you think you do an amazing job. I've always said this. It's just sometimes it's a little difficult to hear. Only because I know I've w- lived with white people and I work with white people and I know that it's difficult for them. So I kind of identify with them. Wow! Hey, yo, yeah. drama, hold up,
1: sir. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Stop the motherfucking record. All right. I want you to pondy replay drama. Pondy replay. <laughs> <laughs> Give them one more
5: chance, man. Run that shit the fuck
4: back. Only because I know I live with white people and I work with white people, and I know that it's difficult for them, so I kind of identify with them. Wheel out,
5: wheel out, wheel out.
4: White identification.
1: Very important concept. Um, I talked about this concept earlier this month. Um, I thought it was very uh, important. Uh, I just, It was very useful in describing What I observe within the context of white supremacy, very uh, useful term, I think. You talk about this term extensively in your book, uh, and I just want to read a quick portion and then get you to further explain uh, the term white identification. Uh, In the book, uh, it is written, white identification, uh, that this is a white-identified black person is a black person who views the world through a white perspective even when it conflicts with his or her own self and group interests. A white identified black person pursues interests, activities, and relationships primarily because white people are associated with them and often avoids or looks down on certain people, places, and things primarily because black people are associated with them. Can you share some more thoughts on the term white identification?
5: Uh, sure. Uh Uh, For example, you know, I'm sure we've all met people like this, and maybe we've even been guilty of it ourselves, but, uh, you know, some of the things that, uh, for example, you might find some black people who are proud that they can't dance, you know, as though uh, that makes them less stereotypically black. And so it's almost like you have a white traffic cop in your head directing your thoughts and your actions, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. I know that I went through that for quite a long period of my life, uh, and I'm still fighting it, because I grew up in a family where there was a lot of white identification. I mean, my pe- my family members are very nice people, but uh, a lot of brainwashing went on, a lot of brainwashing was passed along, so uh, I would have to say that it's almost like you get permission, you have to get permission from the white traffic cop in your head before you can like or do something. And underneath it all is self-hatred because there's no way that you can look down on black people collectively and respect yourself. You know, if, if you're a black person, I don't care if you're black-identified or not, when you look at black people and I, I'll give you another example. You're, walking, you're on a train and, and some black young people come on and they're noisy. You know, you automatically almost think. And I've noticed this reaction. You'll watch the people in the train automatically there's a lot of negative tension, there's a lot of negativity. But when some white kids get on, same age group, dressed pretty much similarly, and they get on and they make noise, it's just kids just being kids. So it's like you're seeing the world through white eyes. And if you're seeing the world through white eyes as a black person, then you, you're going to be self-hating. Because the white world says that black is ugly, black is inferior, I don't care what they try to tell you that they that they're saying. This is a black-hating culture. So, um, to be white-identified typically means that you're condemning black people, and uh, you're also condemning yourself. Because how can you not condemn yourself?
1: Wow. I, and I want to be very clear. <laughs> um, Gus T. Renegade has been programmed. To be white identified. As long as the system of white supremacy exists, we are all programmed to be white identified. So I'm not picking on any non white people. I'm guilty of this uh, myself.
4: Only because I know. I've lived with white people and I work with white people. And I know that it's difficult for them. So I kind of identify with them. Sometimes. Oh, my Lord. So, <laughs> oh, my Lord. But, you know, in Ooh. the sense that I know that they want to say more, but they feel slighted and they feel insulted. So then they climb up. And that's like not what we want to do. We want to get as much out, out of them. Right? That's all, sir. I don't want to say anymore. I think that's enough.
1: He said identify with the white people. That right there, like Wow, we've done whole programs on white identification. I can only get, we went over time. I'm just, you know, two things I'll say really quick, uh, and then we can wrap thing up. Number one, this has come up for years. I can only say I've concluded it's not that white people clam up because Gus T is not sweet. I think the white guest that we had today, white people are dedicated to white supremacy racism. So I don't really think it matters much if I was sweet, hostile, rude, calm, quiet. White people are dedicated to white supremacy racism. Two, I have concluded white people, when they don't answer these questions, they're not clamming up because they're talking to a Negro who's hostile. As I said, hey, what's the excuse? for all the other gabillion interviews that white people do with non-white people where they do the exact same thing. BS, I think was the technical term used. Lie and not answer questions when the non-white people are as sweet as can be. If we want to use that metaphor, which I mean, wow. (laughs) Gus T. has talked about those metaphors for a lot of reasons because sometimes they say you are sweet if you are engaged in anti-sexual behavior. Anywho, I have also said for years because this is not modeled, we do not see white people talk to non-white people with suspicion and point out, you're practicing racism. You didn't answer even just that. Not, (laughs) you're practicing racism, sir, ma'am, you didn't answer my questions and even pause because he said with sweetness and quotations, Sir, I submit, I don't think you hear anybody, white or non-white, do a podcast with more quotations than Gus T. Renegade. That notwithstanding, white guests coming on the program, you hear them not challenged many, many times. I've said for years because of that many many victims non-white people all over the world have said they cringe when hearing the cows they too identify with individuals classified as white I've heard that for years that right there is the power of white supremacy racism that white man has been insulted. That no count Gusty. I have said, I'm mean, not I talking about you all. I said, it's in the archives. I have had times over these 13 years where I have been listening to the archives and kind of forgot that I was listening to myself. And said, oh my God, who is this coon talking to this white woman or white man like this? Why is this being allowed? Who can we call to put a stop to it? I have said that. That's not supposed to happen in the system. I hear white people be... Ru- I am not rude or insulting. I am sir, ma'am, doctor. I quote from everybody's book. I, unlike cows, listeners, do not interrupt our white guests. I'm not insulting at all. I hear white hosts be rude and nasty all the time with their guests. That's not gusty. I do use counter-racist logic I do call a white person a suspected racist from time to time which does not happen which I think probably makes many victims of racism cringe even in fact I think just identifying individuals as white it seems sometimes means to seems to make non-white people cringe we've been trained as our listener said we have been conditioned to identify with individuals classified as white, even when they are practicing racism, even when they are raping non-white people. That's what white supremacy racism means. So for 13 years, worthless Negro from Virginia. Yes, I know that very much so. And no admiration needed or earned. When we solve this problem, That will be something to admire, but that is very common. All I can say is there are many, many, many programs where you will not have to cringe. You can hear white people say whatever they want and be unchallenged. That's not this environment. Context of white supremacy. All of that said, from the privileged position, he said, I'm at the bottom of the slave ship. All of that said, no sweetness here either. Any way you want to take that word. That said, we'll be here for the book club on Thursday. Absolute madness. Mandatory. My goodness. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Worthless Negro from Virginia. Many years ago, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, I asked if she would come on the program with admitted racist white supremacist, Timothy, don't drink the Kool-Aid, wise. She said no. What was her reasoning? Dr. Welsing said, hey, our conditioning has been conditioned we think this kindly white man coming out here and talking to us like old white Jesus hopped off the cross, then have this no count pseudo-scientific BS of Dr. Wells and come out here and talk bad about this white man. She said, no way. I know how we've been conditioned and said, You're out here crucifying, beating up on that good white man, trying his best to help us. She said that years ago and I think we even talked about that on the program more than once, I believe. Could have had a sound clip of that today as well. I was reminded of that during the exchange this past weekend. I was reminded of Spike Lee's a uh, Huey P. Newton story. Incidentally, Dr. Eddie Moore Jr., before he talked about punching Gus T. in the nose... He shared this exact same sentiment on the program, but I just decided to go with uh, Huey P. Newton's story.
2: And I thank you if you said that I have scared you. Hey, I take it as a compliment, because any time that a black man in America stands up against a slave mentality, he's gonna scare some white people, okay? And some black folks
1: too. <laughs> Indeed, that is in the archives from Dr. Eddie Moore Jr. Maybe he used slightly different wording, but pretty much the same sentiment. Uh, from the second, now again, counting the metaphors that were used. If anybody can find the privileged position, please let me know. I might like to hang out there for a month, maybe a few years even in the privileged position. metaphors as i said he started off he didn't start off with hey what's good what's popping cows listeners hey gus good to hear from you learned a lot i've listened over the years we didn't get any of that it was immediately hey bragging you mean bragging sexual intercourse thing with a white person that was where we started at Particularly, once you hear all of that, when he said, and we got the rewind for a reason, live with, I said, I was thinking, like, man, what? All this white identification. He said, I live with and work with white people. Mm. I have a much, much, better understanding now. I strongly suspect that this live with is probably engaged in some sort of tragic arrangement, sexual arrangement with someone classified as white either now, in the past, ongoing, whatever, some combination. White Identify. Like I said, the starting point was not even greetings, haven't called in before, I don't call in often, or whatever. It was immediate. What do you mean, bragging? He wasn't bragging. He was disclosing. Now, I read the statement from the book. I'm just reading it again and again. This is on page eight. Dr. Sean Lay writes, Frankly, this has proven very difficult for this author, a devout Roman Catholic who is married to a woman of color and committed to a variety of progressive causes. Now, I asked him on the program, what do you mean by progressive? And what's a progressive cause? He couldn't even remember what his so-called progressive causes were at the time of this book. I even asked him, hey, because the way it's written, one could think is being married to a woman of color a progressive cause he said no that's why I said this is bragging if we were confused victims of racism and thought what a cool white man and this is some of that racial narrowing where I think as I said this is a good white man the Klan these are the races not Dr. Lay he's married to a woman of color bragging again victims guaranteed qualified but again I pause. This is why I despise talking to non-white people. You haven't even read this book. Not to mention you had zero questions for the author but you know what he meant. You said, I don't even have the context. That's what I mean. To have this happen over and over and over when I talk to non-white people. I would much rather be talking to someone who is white and bang, I can, hate with they be surly as I want to and just say you're practicing racism as opposed to with a non-white person where it's got to be, well, trying to avoid conflict, so I guess I'm going to end the discussion here. You're the expert on a book you haven't even read. You know what this is. And again, all of this is being interpreted within a system of white supremacy racism where they just celebrated Loving Day this week sit here and tell you that dr lay that's how we're gonna end racism they got articles this week saying that exactly that is the context that this is happening in again victims guaranteed qualify but i'm just pointing that that sort of thing happens all the time even in the book of people who haven't listened to one sentence will call in and insist Gus, you do not know what the hell you're talking about on this book that I have not read or listened to. But I know you don't know what the hell you're talking about. He continued. "Uh, Cringy. I was going to read. I have people write in all the time and have for years they'll even use that word cringy that moron has been known to say for some years we are going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable I don't know what is more difficult to hear the 911 caller hung up on black people calling from the Tops grocery store in East Buffalo. Black people in Buffalo have been hunted for generations and that's almost forgotten by everyone. White man hunting black people and cutting their hearts out. Black male questioning a white man what is most difficult to hear again i've heard that many many times again also i've said many many times for years if you are not getting constructive information from the cows and especially with covid you should stop listening immediately i have no idea Why would you come back and listen to a program that is difficult to hear? If you have a hard time extracting constructive content because of the no count Negro male host, there are lots of other programs, lots, lots of programs where they will pussyfoot in talking about white supremacy, racism, Where you will not cringe. Why don't you just listen to those programs? That goes for any of you. I say that all the time. You shouldn't be listening if it's not constructive. That's not just to say. And I don't even hear that said on other programs. You should follow that advice. Continuing. (laughs) I live... (sighs) So much of this living with being white identified. Hopefully, this program, I think, I've concluded, a part of our journey to becoming universal woman, universal man, no longer being white identified. Hopefully, this program contributes to us. Hey, recognizing I'm white identified, I need to work on that. I'm gonna stop watching this television. Pam talked about that. I'm going to turn this television off, sitting here looking at these white images all day long. White people all day long. Degrading images of black people all day long for years and years. I'm going to work on that white identification. That has to be like regular and ongoing because I said, man, like, I don't think of you all as my brothers and sisters. Neely Fuller Jr. Might even get his sound clip in, my goodness. Let's see. Can we pull it up that quick? Off. Oh, yeah, let's see.
6: Got another term on there, VGQ. What does that mean? Victims guaranteed qualification. <clears throat> now that keeps you from getting into arguments with other black people, particularly on television, which I get sick of that. Black people shouting, you know, we get into our ghetto thing once we get on television and get wound up and we start all yelling at once. And the racists sit there, smugly, and just look. They watch the tennis match, so to speak, right? And black people are shouting each other down, talking about, you don't know what you're talking about, and so on, so on, so on, so on, We go into our Amos and Anden Sapphire Act, okay? VGQ means Victims Guaranteed Qualification. Guaranteed Qualification to do what? To give your opinion on anything about race don't care what it is, if you're on there with uh, Minister Farrakhan, or you on there with uh, Mike Tyson, or you on there with uh, Miss, what's her name, Williams, the lady that had him put in, you know, recommended that he be put in jail, or you on there with uh, anybody. So you don't cut the other black person down. Now, I don't even like that term, brother and sister, even though it's been around for about 30 years. But I ain't, I ain't going to talk about the brother here. You know. No. See, we haven't reached that stage where we can do that. <laughs> See, we've we got to crawl before we walk, and, but we don't miss any steps. Don't say you are what you're not. Don't say you feel something that you don't really feel. You don't really feel that he's a brother. I usually use the expression, I don't like anybody in here. I say that to all audiences. I haven't been taught to like anybody. I've been taught to dislike people. been taught that. Right. And then they're taught to dislike me, so it's just compounded disliking. I haven't even got to love yet. All right? So what we do is minimize conflict, try not to hurt each other. So a certain thing, that's what a code is for. It's a stopgap. It keeps me from saying something against you. You say, well, don't you agree with uh, what this person just said down here on the other end and whatnot? That person has VGQ, Mr. Donahue. I keep using him because he's one of the most prominent uh, TV people. But the main thing you do is try to stay off of a radio program or TV program or even a neighborhood stage program, you might say, where you Spend your time shouting back and forth at other black people. Nothing is getting done there. And when it's done on television, a lot of black people just get up from the TV set and go on in the kitchen somewhere. Once that shouting starts, yeah, they get disgusted. Say, you know, they say, "Oh, here we go." They, they started off okay, but now they, are, you know, they're doing a job on each other, and I don't even want to hear it. So just don't do it. And you cut it off. The cutoff point is that person has. Victim's Guaranteed Qualification. You spell it out what it means. Meaning the person can say anything about race that they want to. And I can say anything about it that I want to. You you are guaranteed that. You earn that as a victim. Simply by being a victim. Now if a white person says something, that's something else.
1: Something else, exactly. That's why it is white guests only, no exceptions. Don't like anybody here that for sure goes for gusty renegade curmudgeon extraordinaire and i say that with emphasis because our caller and this is not like you know we're supposed to be homies and brothers and all that that's why i played the audio segment that's been the way that i felt before the cows even existed but certainly 13 plus years in oh for sure (laughs) and i'm pointing this out for emphasis because This fella, victim, said he has listened off and on for years. That might be truth. Maybe not. Whatever. Maybe he's listened a couple days. Who knows? And it doesn't really matter. You've listened off and on for any period of time. He didn't say he identified with his black brother. Like I said, he didn't even say, what's up? Greetings, negra. It was right. What do you mean? Bragging about being in some sort of sexual arrangement with a non-white person. What do you mean? I don't agree with that. That was what was important. Not even a greeting to the folks on the line. And he said, I live with work with white people. So I identify with them. He didn't say I identify with my black brother. Gus T renegade out here struggling and striding by himself. No staff, no budget. I'm going to invest at least shoot you a quarter so you can stay on it. No. I feel for these white guests Dr. Sean Lay at all I haven't met these folks I haven't read his book I didn't even call in to ask this white man a question but I identify with them that's what I expect in a system of white supremacy and that's why I despise talking to non-white people I already expect them to see me (laughs) You are a moron. You are worthless negro from Virginia. I got it. That's what I've heard for 13 years. No problem. I will say though, man, oh man. All of the critiques, I've said this before, and I mean for reals at 13 years, like Everybody has a podcast now, right? Gus T has never said, I have perfected the art of counter-racism. Nobody ever will do it better than me. The great (laughs) worthless Negro from Virginia. That's what I've said consistently. If you can do it better, Gus T is lame. His tone is wrong. He is rude, privileged, uncouth, All that might be true. What you need to do is stop spectating and show us how it's done. You don't need to contact me about anything. Show us how it's done. In fact, don't contact me about any of your critiques. I think you want to talk about cowardly. That is real high on my list of it takes no courage to go find another victim of white supremacy. (laughs) I want a fault find with how you're responding to racism. You're not doing it right. I remember not just Gus T. did 217 programs as you heard with no phone no computer that alone this is another one you can grab if you're concerned about profanities fuck your critiques i remember non-white people who were too cowardly to call neely fuller jr brother gus can you call brother fuller i didn't own a phone or computer if you have a phone and or computer You are way ahead of Gus T. His number is in the phone book. It's published online. It's published in numerous audio recordings. It's on YouTube. It's in his books. Why can't you call him and ask? Ditto for Dr. Welzing. Why don't you ask? I had someone on Facebook ask me, why don't you ask Sister Welzing if she's had sexual intercourse with a white person? (laughs) Why don't you ask her? Everybody gets mad at me. They want me to ask that question. And then when people get upset and what have you, white or non-white people, so they can get, you want to know, why don't you ask? Oh, well, you see, you're close to it. You don't want to ask if you just want to be a coward. I have encountered this for years. If you know how it should be done, since so many non-white people, we're experts. I said that before. 13 years. Wow. That is a it's eh, I could have done it better. Well, then motherfucker, show us how it's done. Get your phone and get to it. The, and at the 3 hour mark, you have critiques. This is how you should do it. This is the best way to extract what studies have you done to come to this conclusion? absurd I despise talking to non-white people Uh, the non-white people feel slighted and insulted all of this I expect but I mean again if that is your conclusion it would be better to extract information from white people with quote unquote sweetness demonstrate detail explicitly what that is Hopefully that does not entail any sort of anti-sexual behavior and then demonstrate. Again, I think there are already a plethora of programs where white people are not questioned with suspicion about anything. There's no grumpy Negro to blame for insulting these white people, treating them brusquely, and they still don't answer questions and practice racism. So, What is their excuse all the other times? (sighs) Anywho, uh, the other component that it would be better to wait until the white people leave to so-called editorialize, offer your views and analysis on what they've said, how they've responded to the questions. That, I will go to the great critical race scholar of the past hundred years.
5: You Whenever know, an old black man sees an old white man, the old black man always kisses the old white man's ass. Like, how you doing, sir? Pleased to meet you. Whatever I can get you, you let me know. As soon as the white man get out of sight, he's like, cracker ass, cracker. Cracker ass, cracker. I'll put my foot in the cracker ass, cracker ass, cracker. I wish that cracker would have said some shit to me. Salted ass motherfucking cracker to cracker. Kiss my ass, you fucking cracker. White man come back. Howdy, sir.
1: Despite what the great Chris Rock has to say, I think that is extra lame. We've done that for a very long time. If you think that is the best way to proceed VGQ and get to it, don't ever call in with that sort of suggestion really any of them get to it you can do it better Gus doesn't know what he's talking about he's a coon and a clown he's confused a moron all of that might be true show us how it's done anywho as I heard All of this, I was also reminded we did do the program 2011 deactivate the white chip which talked about this exactly. Our conditioning has been conditioned. How we think of of other non-white people even how we assess blame. The problem isn't white people being racist. The problem is how victims respond. Our tone we should be sweeter to white people, not even we should be sweeter to other victims of racism, whatever sweet means we should have more sweetness in how we talk to white people. And he said sweetness in quotes. Again, I don't know what that means. Even with the quotes added when I first heard it, I thought he said sweetness and quotes. Just, I said, Hey man, we do more quoting than anyone, which is true, but sweetness in quotes, I don't know what that is. Metaphor position of privilege metaphor quite a few of them as we moved along through his question process some people you might think that is the best way to convey your thoughts on white supremacy racism think i've been pretty explicit about that confusion reckless with words we do not value the importance of words but deactivate the white chip the founder of the deactivate the white chip project was with us on the program I will play just a portion of that dialogue where they explain really yours truly. Gus reads the definition of what the goal is. And then you will hear justice way back when she was, oh man, I think like 11 years old, asking further detail about what exactly do we mean? And I mean, white chip is a metaphor, but this is not my concept. Someone else, but I think she will detail all of that. This, too, came to mind with the discussion from this past weekend Uh, might be one of our last sound clips for the program. Uh, And then we can get ready to wrap things up. But this is from 2011. The deactivate the white chip project. Did you know that you have a chip in your brain, a chip that was implanted the day you were born? It controls your thoughts, beliefs, actions, how you live your life. Your self-confidence, your family, your children, your future, humanity's future. The white chip, the single most powerful brainwashing agent of the world's people by advocacy of white supremacy, their term. We are empowered to deactivate the white chip. And we will find the truth. We are a grassroots movement consisting of a group of true progressive thinkers who are in pursuit of enlightenment for our people. We do not condone hatred of any ethnic or religious group on this site. The purpose of this project is to present the truth to my fellow non-whites their term and indigenous peoples who are enslaved by this destructive white ship that was planted in them over centuries by heartless invaders and those who have committed repeated genocide towards our races and cultures and is still continuing to this day you can go to their website dwcproject.com A real pleasure to have the founder of the Deactivate the White Chip Project on the program. Uh, Joining us live, the founder, uh, Ms. Zaina, I hope I'm saying correctly. Ms. Zaina, are you with us?
7: Yes, I am. Hi, Gus. How are you doing?
1: I I am intensely victimized and working to get that white chip out of my own brain, but I am thankful you're on the program with
7: us. (laughs) That worship of white skin and white people is, it's consistent it's it's astounding how consistent
1: it is <laughs> i could not unfortunate but i would have to agree it is astounding the work that racist women and racist men have put in worldwide um that white chip man it is uh it is working intensely worldwide mm-hmm. in non-white people anywhere you go um wow uh, my co-host, she is uh, also with us, and I think she might have some questions as well. Uh, Justice, if you have some questions uh, for our guest, uh, am I saying your name correctly, Zena? Is that it?
7: Yes, yes, that's correct.
1: Right on. Uh, if you have some questions for Zayna, your line should be open. Please feel free.
5: Uh, green- well, can I be heard first? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Um, gr- uh, greetings, uh
7: Zena. Um, is the white chip racist man and racist woman, uh, white people? Um, I'm not sure I understood the question. Could could you, Um, like, raise it?
0: Yeah, uh, is, is what
7: you call the white chip, um, white people? Oh, are you saying that is is the white chip itself, like white people?
0: Well, I know that well, I will
7: I know that there's no such thing as like a like a white chip. Well, maybe, but uh
6: <laughs> like is it like like by your definition of white chip like is it white people?
7: Oh, okay. Um not necessarily. I mean, it's one of those things where you know how they say um Adam and Eve, Eve was created through Adam's rib or something stupid like that. Um, so, basically, if white people were to take little bits and pieces of themselves and install it in all of us, you know, it's it's just... To a, make us all white, or... Um... Well, it's, it's one of those things, it's like, we can never become white because it, it's like... You know, we were here first. <laughs> we are indigenous people of this planet. So, how can we become a derivative of ourselves? It, it doesn't make sense. So, what what the white chip is is white people have installed, probably a bit of themselves or something that is programmed to. Um, create behaviors that will, um, I guess, make us behave according to their system. And so it's not necessarily white people because if all white people vanished today, there would still be a whole ton of white supremacists around. You know, if there wasn't a single drop of white blood left on this planet there are still many many white chips in in people's brains so i i don't think it's the chip itself is a white person probably you know probably has like audio files of, of white people talking to them but <laughs> in their brain you know there's a little white voice but it's it's probably a recording you know and even, even after they vanish, it's, it's going to take, it's up to us to deactivate it. No one else can really do it. We ourselves have to find the need to do that and, and understand that it's for our salvation. You know, it's, it's for no other reason. We're not here to complain, you know. We're not here to waste people's time. We're here because we're all in the same position, you know? And we need to make each other understand. It's like, it's for your salvation that I'm telling you, you need to deactivate the white chip and rip it out of your brain as painful as it is, you know? So I, I don't think it's, it translates to the people themselves. It's, it's more like a, a chip, a reproducible chip that's installed and it's like a computer chip, you know, it follows directions over and over, um and it's very efficient. So it's like a machine.
4: I see.
1: Context of white supremacy. I find it so amusing. So many folks I guess they could be newer listeners, more recent uh listeners who just found the cows and they will write as if justice is now as opposed to being in her 20s um, at any rate the child diversion uh, of justice uh, we discussed the deactivate the white chip now again that is a metaphor but that's not my project hopefully she was able to explain the uh, what she means with the metaphor Miss Zena uh, deactivate the white chip full program back in 2011 in the Archives, but I was immediately uh, reminded of that, as well as the late Pamela Evans Harris, uh, with regards to being white identified. Both, you know, kind of different ways of getting at the same uh, concept. Uh, we I, we identify with racist man, racist woman, racist child. We do not identify with gusty renegade. Racist man, racist woman are most to blame for that. But that is very important. And not even identifying with your black brother, Gus T., but replacing white supremacy with justice. Oh, yeah. Recognizing. Every day working, diminishing that white identification. Where is it popping up at? Not seeing white people as racists. Race soldiers. These are my friends these are my homies oh I feel bad for them all of that has to be greatly minimized as we go about solving this problem remember Madiba he said he saw a bedraggled poor white woman in South Africa and was almost in tears and was so shaken up and he said wait a minute dang I see poor and down and out black people all the time and don't care at all why am I so shook up seeing one down and out white woman dang they got me he said I'm paraphrasing but I mean that is real close to what is in long walk to freedom one of the more profound passages in that book, book club I didn't even say that was mandatory and reread his autobiography right I mean literally days after he passed away reading more important than watching television at any rate uh, all of this to say I think I articulated everything or most everything like I said there could be probably will be a whole part two as to now why exactly is it no non-white guests anymore we've obviously Pam. Zaina, we've had lots of non-white guests uh, on the program over the years, but man, the emphasis always, always was supposed to be on the problem. Individuals classified as white. All of that said, incidentally, I would say uh, uh, Mr. Fuller has said and on this program as well, resist the urge to criticize that's something that I stick with I do not contact message follow non-white people to go and critique how they write, speak about, articulate racism, white supremacy I go about producing my content written, audio, whatever it happens to be, YouTube video forthcoming I go about producing content generally focused on individuals classified as white not criticizing other non white people and giving them tips on how they should respond to racism. Incidentally, I think I've also said my recommendation if this has to be done, one should do it privately. Try to minimize conflict and all of that. Uh, hopefully, it was not conflict on Sunday. And again, the reason that I did the program today first was time and energy. Like, my goodness we do three hours of broadcasting and a victim calls in at the end a white identified according to his own testimony calls in to criticize and brand Gus as bitter not sweet and privileged and this is the way that you should go about talking to white people you have got to be joking if you know better Show us how it's done. We will be back to totally G-rated uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, no confusion uh, about what Gus T. had to say. Uh, again, now, with the book club, listening, if you're commenting, if you're not able to listen, it's mandatory. That just means you're not commenting. Very important subject matter in my view if it does not sufficiently hold your attention or if you have other more pressing matters I got it but we're not doing the just talking random unrelated commentary for the book club or really any other conversations like that should be in my view that is also a crucial component of intelligent scientific counter racist conversation what are we talking about Oh, okay let's make sure that we're on topic and not talking about all kinds of things if we're talking about a book let's talk about the book same thing for neutralizing workplace racism anywho much obliged for the folks who listened in live or archive hope it was worthy of your time and energy let us all work studiously consistently daily to get better not interrupting other non-white people listening attentively really non-white people and white people writing down our questions studying like I said going to the college community college and or university major college library in your area and having subjects that you study study all of us it can be a attempted family study project but making this something regular reading more than watching television how we use our time and energy very important components of white supremacy racism we will be here in about 24 hours sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy we will need high functioning brain computers to solve this problem in addition to being sober if we are out and about uh, if you see some white people and they are being rowdy as I said trying to escape the platform University of Washington gift of fear Gavin De DeBecker un- look, unruly looking individuals white or non-white hey <laughs> this is not the time to be taking risks and what have you exit, find a different elevator take the escalator whatever it is increase some distance, get out of here you have no idea if they are armed do they have an entourage unless you are ready to kill and die right now if you're in a vehicle you are sober, buckled up not on your mobile device. We need all of our attention trying to keep ourselves as safe as we can under conditions of terrorism, not privilege, and trying to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no. All of that said, Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately no name calling no gossiping. No reckless production of offspring. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, no brother. Problem. You're a victim. Uh, I'm up. a victim of four hundred years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed
6: my conditioning.
1: Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs> <laughs>